Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Got that sniffling, sneezing, stuffy head thing going on? Time for your daily dose of vitamin chat. Politics, politics, politics. About to get expensive. We're going to break it down from top to bottom. What's going on in Arizona? Joining us in the studio, Mike Noble, Chief Pollster at OH Predictive Insights. First and foremost, you were just telling me you were out in Vegas. You were talking about a lot of stuff. The amount of money we're about ready to spend here nationwide, not just counting Arizona, is insane when it comes to the political world. Oh, absolutely. We actually saw a taste of it last time here in the 2018 midterm elections where Arizona was home to one of the two most fought over states for U.S. Senate, which was Nevada and Arizona. Arizona, and it was actually a record-breaking spend here in Arizona with roughly about 120 or so traditional broadcast spend. So fourth most expensive federal race in the country. And we're seeing that uh, again, but actually at probably even a higher level than before. Yeah, because let's first, let's touch on what's going on. McSally and Kelly, money's pouring in here. The Republicans look at, they, they saw McSally lose to Kirsten they see this as a must-have and a can-have if they try hard enough and they pour enough money into it. How much money do you think is going to pour in here? Oh, I would say that probably at least uh, over well over $100 million. But to put it in perspective is that uh, the last Senate race was the most expensive in Arizona's history. However, we're uh, at the same point in time, uh, back in October, when Jeff Flake announced his retirement, uh, actually the, the other folks are in, they've already raised $22 million between Kelly and McSally. So they already have a $22 million head start compared to where uh, the McSally and Cinema race was a few years ago. Mike, uh, Mike Nobles here, Chief Pollster, OH Predictive Insight. So let's take a look at this. The polls are back and forth. Kelly seemed to have a really nice lead. That's kind of given back a little bit. And again, it's early days. Uh, how are you guys feeling on this when you guys look around out there? It was interesting is that we've been tracking. We've actually been doing quarterly polling on this contest. And it's actually since uh, Kelly entered the race, he's been gaining ground on McSally up until this latest poll that we ran. And currently, Kelly's up by three points, 47 to 44. However, it's basically statistically tied. So it's an incredibly close race. But I, I think it was interesting that the first bump or increase for uh, McSally has happened during this uh, the impeachment yeah. talks. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be interesting. That sound like again. It's one of those weird things because she was very close to Trump. Trump came out here when she was running against cinema. Mm-hmm. She did all these things, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays the impeachment thing plays because depending on what polls. And again, one of the things we always talk about when it comes to polls is you can skew your poll anyway. A lot of it's how you ask the question. You know that Good. better than anybody else. Uh, do you think that's going to help her though? Just across the board, that that, that her standing up for Trump is going to help her because you know which way she's voting. Well, correct, and so she's tethered to. Trump. And one interesting thing, we so we did a poll uh, about a month ago among 900 registered voters, representative uh, of that population, about a month ago. And it was interesting that when you looked at uh, voters, that overall uh, independents were uh, not very favorable of Trump's job approval, about minus 14. However, when you talked about should the president be impeached and removed, actually, independents swung the other way. There are seven points against impeachment and removal. Because again, impeachment is a very uh, charge. I mean, it's a pretty serious accusation. And so, uh, again, with the kind of show you're seeing in Washington, I think at least here specifically in Arizona, you're starting to see it kind of backfire with one of the very important groups because the two parties so polarized those all important independents. It's working against the Democrats favor and benefiting McSally right now. I've been here for two years. Uh, I love Arizona. One of the things I've said, though, being here is we're becoming more purple 
and I don't think people realize that. Uh, I think, well, no, 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 we're, we're still Arizona. No, no, we're becoming more purple, and, and you're, we're seeing that. I, I've read your reports you guys have had out. We are becoming purple. Yeah, I would say that you know Arizona, we're kind of a, a victim of our own success of creating a, you know, a lot of jobs with a lot of people coming here because of the great climate and the great uh, uh, place to live and raise a family. And it's interesting is that you know they talk about purple. I would actually classify Arizona as magenta. So, uh, a little so, bit you know, redder than purple, but cor- still. Oh, 100%. We're center-right state at the end of the day, and I think that- uh, But we're know, not dead red anymore. Uh, no, absolutely not. And so, you know, the last Democrat to carry Arizona uh, in the presidential contest was over two decades ago by a man named Bill Clinton. I mean, oh, since Oh, man, then, that was fun. Oh, yeah. Arizona's right. fun. You've been to ASU, you see those girls? Oh, yeah. Your impression's uh, one for of me. the best I've heard. Uh, and it's interesting that, you know, we, we see here in the Grand Canyon State of how it's changing, but remember, we're, we're the home of Barry Goldwater Jr., Maverick John McCain, and when you look at it, is that, yes, I'd say we're more center-right, and the biggest issue or concerns is really the problem is in the suburbs of Maricopa County. Yeah, talking to Mike Noble, chief uh, pollster of OH Predictive Insight. You know, one of the things is people are moving in here. A lot of people are moving here in California. And I and I saw this in, in, in somebody's running in Idaho for mayor, and the person is running is, I'll make sure that we build a wall around California so the Californians can't come here. <laughs> and. And people across the country are getting frustrated because, you know, they're moving to reddish states with low taxes. And what are they bringing? They're bringing their politics. And the reason they left those states more often than not is because of their politics. And that is that's an interesting thing. Are you see where are you seeing most of the influx coming in from? Well, you're seeing the influx of that, you know, obviously from California or for some of the coastal states. However, you also see uh, almost about the same uh, influx that we're seeing from the Midwest. Like for myself, for example, I'm actually from uh, Wisconsin is where I hail from. And so we're interesting that, you know, we're, Arizona's uh, is, is was the 40th state to join the union. We're just barely over 100 years old. But a recent study came out that Maricopa County was the fastest growing county in the country over the population of 1 million. And then under 1 million, the fastest growing county was Pinal County. Yeah. Right now. So it's just really fascinating that Arizona, we're growing so fast. But also, again, I'd say we're still absolutely a center right state. But again, depending on where the folks are messaging, whether it's marijuana legalization to you name it, uh, you know, again, depending on where the that class will. Where are, are we pushing. with marijuana legalization? It, we actually just put out new polling on it actually this morning, and uh, it actually it really hasn't changed. It's it's about fifty two percent in support of it, with 50, forty one no. And was interesting. Everyone said that marijuana is going to pass roughly three years ago when it was on the ballot. We were the only ones that said it'll be close and wouldn't pass, and it failed by two and a half points. And so uh, it's likely that it'll be on the ballot again this year but there really hasn't been any no campaign started up against it so but when your support's sitting at about 52 percent it's typically not where you want to start with a ballot initiative you typically want to start in the 60s because your number only drops once you start and so it's going to be interesting to see but uh if that no side really formulates right now uh uh, against it because you saw there was about five million spent again last time it was on the ballot. That's nothing to smoke out about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's look first and foremost, though, at the big one, because this is the big one. Of course, the, the, the presidency is like the Olympics. People are showing up for it in ways that we've never seen before. How's Trump look, realistically? Because this is, again, it's magenta now. It used to be dead red. We're still a center-right state. So you would think Trump would carry this easy. Is there any worry? Well, yeah, I think, you know, the... The last Democrat to win Arizona was over two decades ago. We mentioned Bill Clinton. However, Trump only won Arizona by three and a half points. And so a lot has been happened since that point in time. But right now, Trump is, it's funny, it's pulling against the top five Democrats. He's pulling anywhere at 45%, which is his floor, but his ceiling's 47%. 
So uh, basically, he's right in there, but his rep- uh, support is rock solid. Who actually does uh, the best against Trump is actually Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg, uh, the mayor from South Bend, is actually the two uh, statistically tied with Trump. However, who, who's who been really slipping lately is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. And then, of course, we saw uh, we put in Bloomberg. He's seven points behind Trump right now. But who actually does abysmally the worst is actually Bernie Sanders at only a mere 34 percent, which is funny. But I could see that. Look, here's the thing. I mean, even though we're a college, you know, we got we've we've got uh, we've got ASU. We've got uh, we've got I don't know what they're called now. UA or U of A Arizona, <laughs> whatever silly name they've come up with out there in Tucson. But the reality is, is we're, we're somewhat college but we're not insane. And, you know, he's like Santa Claus. He promises the world. I saw today. He's like, I'm going to give you guys free lunch, free dinner, free this, free that. Kids should get free food everywhere. I'm magical. Uh, <laughs> but he doesn't, you know, he and uh, look, we're still a state that's very kind of Wild West, kind of feel like there's self-resilience here somewhat still. And uh, so I don't see them doing well. But Biden still surprises me because Biden is like, God, have you heard him talk? Oh, yeah. No, I, it's not any surprise, but he's been around a long time. So when you look at the, the pecking order of these candidates based on their ideology, obviously the one that's most to the left, Bernie Sanders, he's doing abysmally bad in Arizona. But when you look at ones of the more perceived moderates or the safer choice, like a booty judge or a Biden, they perform the best. And it goes back to that argument that, yeah, Arizona definitely were probably more of pragmatic or more in the middle type state. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, Senator Wright, uh, Mike Noble here, chief uh, pollster of OH Predictive Insight. What when you guys are out polling people, what is the thing? What is the top three things that people here in Arizona absolutely are a must? Because we can talk impeachment. Impeachment is drama. Impeachment is 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 a soap opera. That's what it is. But the reality of life is what for people? What are they talking about? Oh, when it comes to the top issues right now is that immigration still is the yeah. top issue in Arizona. The second highest issue is education. And third highest issue is health care. Yeah. Education. That's very interesting because, uh, uh, you know, we've had issues, obviously. We had Red Fred and the whole nine yards and how much of that was a political movement spurred on because I've seen it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Now it's in Kentucky and they're talking about, hey, they took these people from California to Arizona. Now they're in Kentucky trying this whole thing. Oh, yeah, uh, but we do have an issue here. What are people worried about when it comes to education? Well, in education right now, it's I think one of the sentiment among voters when we're polling is that they, they absolutely do feel that uh, something needs to be done about education and money thrown at it. However, again, what that looks like is very different. Teachers did get a pay raise recently, uh, so that kind of staved off the, the education portion, but I think it's probably coming back. And the only question is, does it is it something created by uh, you know more conservative legislator, or is it uh, you know delivered by the ballot initiative, which is something much harder to change if it goes to fruition? So I think that's really the big difference there is, is whether or not something will be on the ballot and pushed that way, which could be uh, look very different from from Arizona compared to the let's say the leadership putting something together and what surprises them. you when you're po- when you're polling so you're polling all these you know, education mm-hmm. healthcare the price mm-hmm. what's the thing that surprises you look and you say well oh. that really surprises me that it comes in the top five or ten well I think well one of the things the most surprising is that when you look at immigration it's almost a, a single issue uh, for Republicans I mean vast majority of Republicans immigration is their issue when you look at independents they're almost kind of in the middle compared to where Republicans and Democrats are they're kind of within that mean uh, between them uh, which I think is uh, 
very interesting. And of course, you have the uh, Democrats very much so, uh, you know, strong on education and then healthcare and then immigration as their last. So it's interesting how polarized the parties are, but the independents absolutely are kind of caught in the middle between yeah. these two. Well, that's why they're independents, right? <laughs> what is it? What's the like? What is the makeup here? Is Republican conservatism? What What are the percentage points? Because I'm very independent. I like some stuff the left does. I like some stuff the right does. I kind of do my own thing. Uh, in some things, I'm center right. In some things, I'm a little bit center left. But uh, you know, I've, I I wonder here where you see certain states now because. So many states. California is a one-party state, mm-hmm. period, case closed. You go to other states, it is a one-party state. In fact, I think it's 48 of 50 states are essentially one-party states. What's our makeup here? So our makeup here is interesting. So like prior to the 2018 elections, every statewide office was actually held by a Republican. And But our makeup right now is that there are more Republicans than Democrats. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the advantage going in, like, let's say 2020, the the likely election, what that's going to look like is that Republicans are probably going in with about a uh, Republican plus five advantage uh, over there. And so, but independents still one of the fastest growing uh, groups of the major three. And so I think uh, you know what we're seeing here in Arizona. When you look at, uh, I like to look at it from ideology because you look at independent voters; uh, they're not really independent. They're disaffected Democrats, disaffected Republican, single issue voters, people who don't want to be with party. You name it, they're all on the board. So I like to look at it from political ideology of on this on that prism or that spectrum. And so when you look at it, I'd probably say about from lean conservative up to very conservative. There's about fifty percent of the likely voting electorate sits there. About thirty five percent is in that liberal category, and then fifteen percent are those true moderates. Right and those now. moderates usually are the ones who will have the biggest say in all of this stuff because they're the ones who are going to come out. And what kind of turnout are we looking for in 2020? What was in the last so one? So the last one, the last highest turnout in the last two decades was about 77.5%, which was back in 2008 uh, in those elections. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be around 78, maybe 80%, somewhere in there. So it'll be probably around 78 to 80% turnout. So again, a lot of people, that's why it's going to look very different here in the midterms. It typically was a much lower turnout, but we saw a record turnout in our midterms. It was roughly, I think, around six. 65% or so of turnout. And I think that's what's really surprised. I don't think uh, the Republicans were really uh, probably seeing that. But now with everyone's going to be turning out, it's going to be very interesting with this deluge of money that's going to be spent here fighting over Arizona, which is currently a battleground state for the presidency, which is, uh, we've never seen that really before. No, that's crazy. Love having you on, man. Uh, he's Chief Polster at OH Predictive Insights. Mike Noble, thanks so much for stopping in the studio. I appreciate it. Hey, Chad, it's a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. It is the Chad Benson Show. It's Arizona's news station.